alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly, as I must speak, so that you also may know how I and how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus will tell you everything. He is a dear brother and a faithful minister in the Lord. I am sending him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are and, and to encourage your hearts. Peace be with the whole community and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who have an undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Do any of you remember learning, probably with some great enthusiasm, that song called I'm in the Lord's Army? Huh? I can recall moments in a basement of a church growing up. I was probably about five or six years old, and I remember just belting out these words with hand motions as if we were preparing for battle. Mind you, this is also the church whose sanctuary contained the American flag and the Christian flag flanking the platform. A side I would later come to reject, but that's a whole nother topic of discussion. For those of you who have been graced enough not to hear the words, they taint my mind when I think about putting on the whole armor of God, as this passage exhorts today. The extremely repetitive lyrics, I had to look them up. I thought there was more to it than this, but no, it's just these repetitive lyrics. They go like this. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never shoot for the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Now, this song uh, not only strums up what I believe to be dangerous Christian nationalism, but stirs our deepest emotions, fear, anger, and pity. And in a convoluted way, it is the same emotions that the Apostle Paul stirs by using military metaphors as emotional appeal in his letters. And we hear this again at the end of his letter to the Ephesians. It may make some of us cringe as he pulls from prophetic passages found in the book of Isaiah and some other wisdom literature that refer not only to the armor that God gives, but the armor that God wears. Of course, Paul's remarks sound a lot like what we'd expect from a commander to troops going into battle. But putting on armor is not about being in an army, nor solely focused on taking action. This armor, including the spirit and the word here in this text today, are also gifts received. Taking up or putting on armor is about being equipped to stand in the present to what is true and worth affirming and valuing. This armor is for protection, not to go on the offensive against the devil by taking over some sort of turf, but about standing and protecting or holding fast to the territory 
the territory best defined as the spiritual life of the believer that is already claimed and enfolded into Christ. It is an exhortation to hold your core values against the attacks of evil powers, all that which aims for or leads to death. And to stand on that which you have petitioned God for and praised God for. And the way I see it, I think this describes part of our own faith journey as a community of saints here in Indianapolis. And so I think this final encouragement can speak volumes to us. For those of us who find ourselves in the natural process of deconstruction and sometimes reconstruction of our faith, or for those of us healing from the trauma inflicted by the big C church, if you will, it is encouragement to remain and stand firm in our spiritual lives. Of course, this does not mean that we don't change. Rather, we keep learning and allowing the Spirit to transform us, and we recognize the good news, discovering and embodying the love of Jesus in the world as we claim who we are as beloved by God. I find it interesting the words strong, strength, and power in verse 10 of our text today are the same words in the Greek found in chapter 1, verse 19, that describe the power that raised Jesus from the dead. I think the good news today is that it is by this same power that God is doing a work today. And your spiritual life, my spiritual life, our spiritual life begins, is sustained, and ends by the power of God. It is in this power, a power which has always been defined by love, that we stand. Verse 14 seems to indicate that Paul believes that the protection of God's armor provides all that we need. It will be sufficient. But all of it must be put on. And we are graced with the knowledge of the gospel of peace that makes us ready then to stand, holding ground and resisting whatever attacks might come our way. This receiving, though, is also an active stance. As my good friend, commentator Ben Witherington puts it, salvation and faith are gifts that do not work automatically, but must be embraced, used, and expressed. In other words, we are empowered. So let us embrace, use, and express what God has graced us with here at Trinity. Together with all the saints, those of us in this spiritual location of time and place, we are equipped to stand and withstand the spiritual powers that loom over, disturb, and confuse us today. These powers, I think, feel like they're in abundance today. 
I don't know about you, but I have personally long wrestled with the weight of powers like Christian nationalism, spiritual manipulation by faith communities that expand at the expense of and without regard for our neighbors and one another, the toxic spirituality of patriarchal systems, and more recently, the confusing social tension due to what I witness and believe is an individualistic way of relating to the world, one that disregards the health of the most vulnerable, the needs of the oppressed, dehumanizing the marginalized, and ignores the intertwined existence with creation itself. I've been doing a lot of reading lately, in part for my own spiritual well-being, but also in preparation for where we're headed in this next season together as we find deep connection with God through creation and through the land. And alongside all of that reading, I can sense the truth of Paul's words for us today as I hear the stories of my neighbors, as I engage and grow in relationship with the people and beings of creation around me in this particular location. Most days, the powers of evil and death, they weigh on me, and I'm sure they weigh on you. And while I don't believe we are the Lord's army in any militaristic sense, we do stand together to what is present, to what is true and worth valuing and affirming today. These values and affirmations, we live out in our practices. Those practices for us here at Trinity are hospitality, listening and learning, belonging, serving, and participating with God. The end of Ephesians reminds me, and I think can remind us, that while we don't give the devil any more credit than what is due, we also don't underestimate the schemes of the evil one. Paul sums it up in this way. Do not struggle against flesh and blood. The real threat are the forces of evil that have always been at work. We might do well to remember then what Witherington says when he says evil rarely looks evil until it accomplishes its goal. It gains entrance by appearing attractive, desirable, and perfectly legitimate. It is a baited and camouflaged trap. But that doesn't get me off the hook. It doesn't get you off the hook. It doesn't get us off the hook. Because these forces only take hold in our lives when we willingly submit to them and give them power. By our very existence as the body of Christ, as ordinary saints every day here in Indianapolis, we bear witness that the powers of evil and of death in the world are doomed. So today, let us proclaim the good news that God is doing a work and that your spiritual life, our spiritual life, begins, is sustained, and ends by the power of God 
a love that defeats death itself. Today and every day, as is encouraged in this text, we are encouraged to pray, to stay attuned to the Spirit present with us. Paul's description here of prayer is not about prayer as a piece of armor. It's about reliance on God, being filled with the Spirit, and being prompted to pray in the ordinary. Nothing fancy, nothing prescriptive. So in closing today, I'd actually like to just pray and for you to receive the benediction as I read the rest of the text for today one more time. God, with all the sights and sounds around us, we are reminded that life is everywhere. We are also reminded that there are forces that lead to death and destruction. Sometimes we don't have to look far to see them. Sometimes they weigh on us so much that we find it hard to take the next step in our day. So God, we ask that we would rely on you each day, that we would receive the gifts that you give us as you gather us, call us by name, gracing us with your spirit to stand firm, ready to proclaim the good news that our lives begin, are sustained, and end with you. And this power that you have that is only described as love, a love that defeats death itself. So today might we be encouraged as your body. Might we be encouraged no matter where we find ourselves on the spiritual journey. As we wrestle, as we figure out what parts of our faith upbringing we are to hold on to and what we need to let go of. as we practice together affirmations and values that you have shown us here as Trinity Church. Might these words from Paul be of encouragement to us today. Might we receive grace for standing and the final words of the text, this benediction. Peace be to the whole community and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have an undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You can... Pull up your Lord's Table liturgy there in your e-bulletin.